Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Okay, we're starting off the conversation with our relationship expert, Leah Sifo. And we are going to be discussing surviving 2022 to 2020. It's been a big year. It's been a big year and in not so great um, terms, by the way, for many people. There's been a lot of loss. People have lost jobs. They've lost loved ones. Their health is not great. People are really going through the most at the moment and many hanging on by a thread. And the question is, how do we get ourselves to the other side? And we also don't talk enough about the children involved as well. So children who've had to deal with the most difficult circumstances through, you know, um, being isolated and what impact that has had on families, uh, not being able to connect with friends and family, death. Death is all around us, how all of us are coping with that kind of of loss at the moment. And unfortunately, the festive season has a funny way of just reminding us how much you've lost. Um, And I think there's a lot of that going around. It's going to be a very sad time for many, many people. So how are we going to manage ourselves? How are we going to see it all um, to and, and see ourselves on the other side. Lisefo is is our relationship and life life coach as well, and she's going to be with us just to help us navigate this really difficult year and see us on the other side. How are we getting ourselves across to the other side is the bigger question. Leah, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Hi, Camilla. It's been a big year, and I don't know if um, there is anybody who can say they've thrived in this year. I think I think it's been a lot for many many people. It has, and it's it's been it's been very hard on the one hand, but on the other hand, there has been also a lot of success stories in 2020. And mm. I think it's incredibly important to also keep a balanced experience and a balanced view of what this year has brought us. Mm. Um, it, it can be dangerous to focus so much on the grief and the loss that you're not seeing anything else. So, so what you're saying is try and seek to see what you've been grateful for because there must be something that has been good. Absolutely. There's, you know, it, it's very hard to see the good when you've been through such grief, when you've been through such loss. Mm. I know the desperation of having lost jobs, lost homes, um, it, it's very real. Mm. But on the other hand, you know, I think the sense of solidarity in the whole human race being in this together has made us all extremely aware of our compassion, of our taking care of each other. There's been a massive amount of consideration this year on, on a lot of levels for our fellow human being. Mm. And I think people have to keep the focus on that, especially going into the festive season where there are going to be people alone. There are going to be people who won't have family to spend Christmas with. Mm. And, and where is our um, and an energy of inclusion and inviting people to join us and, and then making the table bigger? Leah, generally, um, you know, we, we have ways in which I think society has managed to cope with certain things. So, for instance, if it's a death, right, um, people generally gather. That's how we've mm. been doing it. Um, and this would be across all cultures. People mm. would gather either to have a memorial or a funeral or something to talk about this person, to comfort each other, to be there in the same space. We can't even do that. Mm. Um, we can't do the simple things like even during this festive season where we would ordinarily take time off, go away maybe, um, we can't even go to beaches for instance, go away, refresh, and but mostly be in the company of others. 
because that's been taken away, just give us some other tools where we can better connect. I don't think connecting online is the same. It's not the same, but it is an option. And, and of course, there's no physical contact. It's a real issue. But I think if anything this year has taught us is how much we can find connection through speaking on the telephone, through being online, through Skyping, through seeing each other. We lose the medium of touch. But seeing and hearing is, is incredibly important when it comes to feeling connected. Mm-hmm. And grief, as much as we do gather in communities to, to mourn the loss, at the end of the day, grief is an extremely personal journey, and it's different for everybody. And I think for everyone going into the festive season, it's just to understand that there's no normal way to be experiencing the shock or trauma of what's happened this year. You're going to have a whole lot of emotions, and they could be anything from um, anger and rage to deep depression um, to total disconnect. You know, everyone's going to find a way to survive in their own way. So I think reaching out... If the only option, Pamela, is online, we have to take advantage of that because what are the other, what are the other choices at the moment? Mm-hmm. Well, what, talk to us about what tools one can use to also comfort and help children because, you know, we speak a lot about ourselves, but I think children have also gone through a lot through this year. I think for children, it's, it's, it's being quiet enough to let them talk. I think a lot of adults want to inform children's experience by telling them how they should be feeling. And I think it's just asking what they've experienced this year. What have been their worst things? What have they been their best things? What have they learned? What are they worried about going into 2021? It's, it's letting them bring all of their concerns and worries and not diminishing any of it as not being uh, important. We tend to make children's problems very small mm. in comparison to adult problems. Mm-hmm. But for them, they're huge. You know, in their small world of school and home, big stuff has happened this year. And they need to know that they are heard and understood by the adults in their lives. Mm. And and so I, I often think that um, that the intentions may be there. Sometimes I think um, adults just don't know how to validate in a, in, in a way that children can hear. Um, their feelings. Are there tools, Leah, that you can maybe guide us with to, to support that uh, that argument? I think the bottom line is just to completely empathize. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I, I hated not seeing my friends this year. Yeah. I understand that. I can imagine that must have been really hard for you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like really worried about what the academic year is going to bring next year. Mm. I can totally understand that. I can understand how stressful this year was. And we're all not prepared for next year. But, you know, I'm going to be right here with you and we'll take it one day at a time. Mm. So, so don't try and make the positive. And I know that that sounds a bit strange. But let children be in their fear mm-hmm. and be there with them as opposed to trying to drag them away from it, because it's really real for them. Mm. Um, and trying to paint a positive picture that they can't relate to right now doesn't shift how they're really feeling. So get into that emotion with them, empathize with them, tell them that they're absolutely okay and normal to be feeling this way, mm-hmm. um, and that you'll, you'll be there with them going through this together. I want us to talk about people who, who, who who've taken the role of being the the role um, model, whether it is the leader in the family, because when I say leader, I mean, it could be anybody. It could be each, whoever the parent is, or maybe not. It could be whoever it is that's taking on the load and, and taking on everybody else's problems and mm-hmm. trying to fix it for everybody, whoever that mm-hmm. person is. I want us to have maybe ways in which we can assist those people um, 
for them to cope because I think there are people like that in whether it's in organizations or in families or whatever the case may be where who who have taken on the role of taking on everybody else's stuff how do we help those people but the problem with people like that is that they don't ask for help. Mm. So we we never know mm. when they're in a state. Mm. They make it look very, very, they're very capable and they look very strong and they look like they're coping. Mm. And the problem is people are not mind readers. Now, if you're living with somebody, you can obviously see that they're taking on a lot of strain. And instead of just waiting for them to say, look, I'm drowning, please help me, it's make an observation. I can see that you're not sleeping well at the moment. You seem to be very on edge and tense. I can see that you know you, you you're very overwhelmed with everything. How can I support you? What can I take off your hands? So if you're conscious enough to see that somebody who is the leader in your family or in your office space is overwhelmed, and we can really see that if you're conscious, you know, is to reach out and offer because very rarely are they going to say, you know, I can't do this anymore. I need help. So it just requires being very awake and observing their behavior, listening to the way that they're speaking. Um, and, and you can see it's very obvious when somebody is taking on too much. For the people who are in those positions, you know, if, if people want to help. They really do. And, and you've got to invite them in. So it's okay. To, it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign that you're not coping. Um, it's just a sign that... You want to share the load equally amongst everybody who's in the family or who's in the office um, so that you're all going through this together. There are some things that we can't do anything about, some real things that are are a fact, whether it is a loss of somebody so we can't bring that person back, whether it's Mm. a loss of a job where you, you it's just happened and there's nothing you can do about that. Tell me what not to say to that kind of a person. As you try and support them, how do we support them? And, and what is it that we shouldn't be doing when we're trying to support those people? You know, when you, you never tell them that tomorrow's a better day. Mm. Never tell them that the person who's gone is in a better place. Mm. You know, don't try and make it all sound like it's all positive. Not positive, but don't try and bring a positivity to it. Mm-hmm. It's allowing people to experience the emotion of grief. That is the most important thing. And the reason people get into such a terrible state later on is that they suppress their grief. Mm-hmm and not want to deal with it. So the way we support people is very logistical. Can I pick up the kids for you? Mm -hmm. Can I make you a meal? Mm. You know, can I help you with groceries this weekend? Mm. You know, can I come and help you with laundry if you're on your own? Because people in a deep depression and grief don't take care of themselves. Mm. 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 So so it's more like logistical support is really important for people in that state. Mm -hmm. And just letting them talk through their emotions. And and the bottom line is you don't fix it. You don't have to fix it. You just have to be there to listen. Hmm. Let's take calls. 011-714-2006. You can start dialing in or you can send us a voice note on 0614-104-107. What, what we're trying to do here is just really trying to help all of us get through to the other side. Uh, many of us, I think, are hang on by a thread and it is very, very difficult to sometimes even seek help because you think everybody else is also not coping. So we're just trying to give you some little tools how are we going to help you survive what is left of 2020 because it's been a lot for many people and so Leah is going to be here for all those questions on 011-714-2006 at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter 
I'm in conversation with Leah Sifo. She is a life coach and we are discussing how difficult this year has been for, for many, many people. And uh, how are we going to get through this, uh, what's left over 2020 um, and get through to the other side. And what was uh, really important, I think what you've given us, uh, Leah, is to say in as much as there has been a lot of loss and so on, there are some positives that one can look at and reflect on and that's maybe a starting point we discussed before the the break that you were saying that there are things we shouldn't do when we are trying to support our, our loved ones who are going through the most you know never tell them that it's going to be better tomorrow and so on and maybe the things to do is to help them with logistical stuff you know pick up things for them do the laundry for them and and those kind of things um anything else that you want to add on to that leah I think that a lot of people, uh, it's not about it being a competition, but people try and say, oh, well, you know, I've also been through something like this. Mm. And when this happened to me, this is how I handled it. And it doesn't help the person because they're not going through the same experience as you. So don't take the conversation and make it about your stuff. You know, you want to be there for them. Keep asking them how they're feeling, what they're experiencing today, where is their thought process at? So, so don't do so much of the talking um, because silence is also important. To just sit with somebody and be with somebody in silence is just as important. The act of trying to pull someone out of their their dark hole, sometimes people would say, no, you need to get out of the house. Let me take you out of the house, you know, dress up and whatever, whatever the case may be. Let me take you out. Does that help or is that counterproductive? It also depends on the person, mm. you know, if they're willing. So sometimes it is great. Some people have got no idea what they want to do. So mm. if a friend just arrives and says, you know, what, just get dressed. Mm. You don't have to participate. You don't even have to speak. <laughs> just be with us. Mm. You know, we're just going to go and walk around the market or mm. we're going to go to the movies. Just just be with people. Mm. But don't expect them to have a fun or to have to speak or to have to engage. They can just simply be there. So, yes, that does help. Um, but sometimes people also really do need to just, stay in bed or just be very still and process what they're going through. So I think this, the, the, the sentence for this whole season is stay on the day that you're on. Mm. Stay on the day that you're on. You don't know how you're going to feel tomorrow. Um, you know, it sets up expectation to think that the whole week is going to be the same as today. Mm. It won't. And if today you're not okay, then be in that space. But if tomorrow you're in a better place, then be there. But don't set an expectation for how you should be feeling through this time. Mm. It you said earlier, you know, it's different for everybody. It's a personal journey. Loss, grief mm. is a personal mm. journey for those who are themselves going through that. I mean, what 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 kind of advice would you give them? Okay, I think the thing is, a make sure that you are physically taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. so make sure you're eating properly. Make sure that you are sleeping. You, you we process a lot of stuff in our sleep. Sleep is really, really important, and sleep deprivation is very dangerous for people going through deep grief. Mm -hmm. It is definitely let the people in your life know what you are capable of doing, or, or you know, are you able to do a whole Christmas lunch, or can you not actually face cooking for everybody? Mm -hmm. You know, it's being honest about the space that you're in, and it's not having an expectation on how you should be feeling. I think I think a lot of people when they go through grief feel guilty mm -hmm. if they're having a good day. Mm. If they have a good day or they, they suddenly laugh at a joke mm. or they, they're enjoying a comedy on TV, they mm. suddenly feel guilty that they're smiling or that they're laughing because now I'm in grief. I should be sad all the time. Mm -hmm. So don't worry. You know, the grief, like I said, it's, it's very, um, it's like a roller coaster. You're going to experience a whole lot of different emotions and all of them are okay. So don't judge the emotional state that you're in. Just be on the day that you're on.
Let's talk about the mourning period, because I think there's a lot of judgment also that goes through, um, you know, that people face about mm. how long you've been in this phase for, you know, get mm. out of it already kind mm. of thing. Um, talk to us about that a bit more. Uh, look, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a grief expert, mm. but I have to say that in my experience, both personally and with my clients, I'd say that you're looking at about a two-year period with mm. deep grief. Mm. You know, a two-year period before you, you look, the pain is always going to be there. Mm. You will always be triggered by a song or a smell or a, a moment that will remind you of that person. That never ever goes away. But the grief becomes, it becomes livable. It's like you can take a breath and you can get through a whole day without falling to your knees. But that's not quick. You know, getting to a place where you can kind of get on with your life, that's probably like a good two-year period. Mm. Um, and, and it takes time for us to process our grief mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. We're processing our grief on so many different levels. So, so we may mentally feel okay, but our bodies might not be in a good place, mm. you know. Mm. So we have to just be very conscious on our on the day and check in with ourselves to see how we're really feeling mm-hmm. tango is calling us from peter marisburg good afternoon tango good thank you thank you so much for calling <laughs> sure then you know i just want to share my personal experience mm-hmm. right you mm-hmm. know sometimes i understand this is what i understand if you did not if you did not drink you can't tell somebody not to drink or you can't tell somebody the experiences of drink when you yourself never been to it right on the basis of this now i just heard um uh, the guest there saying that don't tell somebody tomorrow uh, the person has gone to a better place so tomorrow will be better uh, a better day but see i met an accident i got blind right mm-hmm. Ma'am, i needed all positive people and excuse me and the hope that they gave me actually caused me to sleep in the night, caused me to wake up the next day and have a brighter day, or else I would have fallen into a depressed state. Mm-hmm. I know uh, maybe mm-hmm. out of 10 of us that were in the hospital at that time, they probably lost our sight. The nine of them ended up in antidepressants and all. But because I had positive people around me, and of course, uh, I trusted in a lot, of course, but at that specific time, things don't make sense to you. But gradually, mm-hmm. having positivity around you, you make it through somehow or the other. And now, wherever I go, the people really do wonder whether I'm blind or whether I'm just putting on an act. Is because I am so positive and I'm an inspiration to them. So unless you did this food or something, you would not know. So out of experience, that's what I'm telling you. That mm-hmm. if a person came to me and said to me, hey, you know what? Tomorrow can be better than today. But tomorrow will be better than today. Oh, of course. Then uh, I have this in my mind. Yes, tomorrow's going to be a better day. And I can sleep at peace. When I wake up in the morning, I'm saying, hey, you know what, today is going to be a better day. And of course, I make it through. And as I'm saying, I thank God that I haven't been in antidepressants and so on. But nine out of ten of us, they ended up with antidepressants. Because they had fallen into a depressed state and so on and so on. So I'm saying, unless you haven't been through a situation, you can study how much you want to study, but you have to be in that situation in order for you to understand that, you know what, this is how I overcame it. Because I can tell you much, 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 but if I haven't been through it, it's not going to make no sense because someone else is going to come and say, you know what, the very same thing that you said now is what 
I stood upon. You heard me what I'm saying. Alright. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for Peter no, Murray's book. No Dinao, you're calling from Bedford View. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. Thank you so much, Dinao, for calling. Good. Thank you. Um, your topic has touched me. Um, I lost my husband 11 weeks after we got married. Mm. And um, I was expected not to be not to grieve too much. I don't know what is not to grieve too much because you don't know, you just met him. It's not even three years. You may think of uh, someone who's been married for 20 years and suddenly the person died. And my situation was, couldn't God uh, spare this man with me for the next 20 years or so? It's been a year, it still hurts. Mm. The 27th of November was a year. Mm. It hurts every day. I'm not coping, I've been to, uh, I I, I went to seek professional help to everybody that I could think of, professional pastors and everybody, but I'm not coping because the society is expecting me to, to handle this in a different way because you don't know him, you were still on honeymoon phase, at least you are better. And I had um, the lady that you're with, I'm sorry, I couldn't get the name. It's Leah. Leah saying, you feel guilty for, for nothing. This is what I'm going through. I'm feeling guilty for having my friends visiting me to say, look, I'm socializing with friends now just to come and check up on me. They will cook for me, do everything. And I feel guilty for being happy. At first, I was guilty for, for not dreaming about him. <laughs> it, it, it had so bad. And where, I wish people can stop saying at least you just met him. I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to spend more time with him. It, yes, it was still a honeymoon phase. I was enjoying every little part of it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I have to stop grieving because I just met him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, my darling, I'm so sorry that your heart is so sore. It's just the most awful experience losing somebody. And and all I want to say to you is that you have the right to grieve for as long as you need to and in any way that you want to. And it's important to put a boundary in place with the people in your life who keep telling you that you should be grieving in a very different way. So you have to say to them, you are not helping me when you speak to me like this. It is not helping my journey. And that might be how you want to go through grief. It's not how I'm going through grief. And grieving in a way is also honoring the one who has passed because our focus and thoughts are so much on them and on every experience we shared with them. And grieving in a way is an incredibly healing process. But especially around the festive season, around the significant dates, they they impact us more severely than the rest of the year. And it's not a competition, you know. Well, you were only with him for a short while, but somebody else was married for 20 years. That entitles them to more grief than you. It is completely irrelevant. Grief is grief, full stop. 
and it is such a personal experience. So I'm just the people in your life don't understand how their words are hurting you and, and making your grieving journey worse. And I just implore you to sit them down and say to them, it's not helping me. And this is how I want you to speak to me instead. This is how I want you to support me instead. And if you cannot support me like that, then please, you know, give me space and leave me alone. Dino, are you getting are you getting professional help? I, I did everything mm. I did, and I was paying because I've exhausted my medical aid, mm. paying everything with cash. Mm-hmm. And what I, I don't. What I think you, I think you can still get help um, that doesn't require money. I'm going to put you back to the producers, Dineo, so that we give people that um, those details. I, I think you could. It would be really helpful for you to continue on on some level of support. Um, and I don't think we we should be expecting you to pay for that. Um, I think there are places where you can get support. Uh, thank you so much for calling. I, I I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm really, really so sorry for your loss. And I think um, it's just, you know, just your tears um, are not are not in vain. I think a lot of people can identify with what you're saying. So I'm going to put you back to the producers. Um, We will we will give you details privately. But I think also, Leah, just that point exactly. So many people fall through the cracks because the people think that you need to be able to afford help. Well, I think it was in one of our previous calls um, a few weeks ago where we discussed SADC, the South African Depression mm-hmm. and Anxiety Group, and we gave out that number. And they really are a phenomenal organization, and they're free. You can phone them anytime. Their lines are monitored by counselors who are there to support people in exactly this kind of state who cannot afford it, but there is absolutely a free resource for them to be phoning um, and speaking to a counselor about what they're going through. I also just want to say that this is where, for me, social media is a huge lifesaver, especially Facebook. There are a lot of support groups and a lot of community groups online for depression, for anxiety, for grief. Um, and, and they usually are um, moderated all the time. So you, you can actually join a community online to share where you're at and what you're going through to find support there as well. And that doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Leah. I really appreciate it. I think we've run out of time, but you know we will obviously speak to you again soon. And life, um, you know, on this on this platform, as you know, Merry Christmas. I think I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if it applies to you. <laughs> I don't know if that applies to you. But um, thank you so much for everything that you have um, assisted us with uh, in this year. Thank you very much, Leah. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Leslie Four is a life and relationship coach, and uh, we will also just tag her so that you can find her details for her private practice.